The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. That unfamiliar voice you hear is mine, Anshu Khanna, and I am with the esteemed Dan Bauer. How's it going, Dan? Going well. It's sunny, beautiful day here in Cleveland, Ohio, heading to the Indians game here in a oh, little wow. bit. Uh, so it's a, a good one. Precursor to what we're talking about later. Nice foreshadowing. Absolutely no problem. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a little nervous because my transition skills suck and I'm not a host by nature. So just feel free to lay it on me the way you would, Josh. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, it's our it's our second show of the week. A little extra treat. Good practice. Yeah. Oh you. God, Lord knows I need it. All right, well, let's start, as we have last show and the last few shows, with the NBA. We are down to three teams. The Golden State Warriors obviously sweep away Portland, and we've got the East Finals knotted at 2-2, basically a best-of-three series. Our friends over at BovadaSportsBook.com have Toronto at plus 225, and they have Milwaukee at minus 275. Milwaukee, of course, has two home games remaining, assuming... Uh, they don't win the next two. So what are your thoughts about this, Dan? You got a feel for either team right now? Uh, the the crazy part for me is it's not kind of a plus or minus 100 series. The plus or minus 200 uh, in, in that range is is a little surprising on this. I'm going to stick with my prediction from when, Wednesday's show. I still think Toronto is going to have enough. Uh, I, I just think they're playing better. Again, uh, they're looking smoother. They they're getting such big contributions from all over the place. Uh, I mean, you're getting seven, eight guys scoring uh, in double digits every game and, and just really spread it out. And on the other side of the ball, you know, the Bucks are just living and dying uh, with their big three and Middleton, uh, Antetokounmpo, and Miritich. Nice so, um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> very impressive. I don't know that Josh would have – Josh takes a lot of pride in that, but you got pretty close. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're not having it sitting in front of you, and you got to remember how many how many T's are in that name. Um, but I, I'm going to stick with that. You know, in these playoff series, all you need if you're the Bucks is one of those big three to just have a really bad game, uh, and all of a sudden it's Toronto's series. So I'm going to stick with the Raptors. Like I said, I think they're spreading the ball around really well. I think they're playing just great team basketball at this point. Uh, and and a little bit of it, I just think they're due. Uh, so they just come so close so many times and. And obviously, now with the the Cleveland Cavaliers no longer uh, a serious threat for the foreseeable future, I think it's really going to be their time to shine. Yeah, I mean, the names on the front look the same, but the names on the back don't for Toronto. That's my only qualm with what you're saying. They are due, but I think that plus plus 225 is about right from Bovada. I mean, I, I personally feel... Obviously, I've kind of adopted the Bucks over time, as has been very clear, but I agree with you. There's been, you know, a, a myriad of players here in these two home games for Toronto that have stepped their game up. My question is going to be, can Marcus all, you know, continue to be able to shoot, you know, efficiently from the field? Because in the first two games, Brooke Lopez just ate his lunch. 
Obviously, in game four, Gasol goes for 17, six of 11 shooting from the field, three of six from three. I had no idea he was going to be able to step out and do that against this Budenholzer defense. Um, but he has, and this, you know, you're, you're not wrong about Milwaukee. Their supporting cast has to step up. And, I mean, Giannis himself needs to. Minus 19 when he was on the court last game. That's, he's just got to be better than that. Um, Miritich has to be better. It seems like he misses every shot he takes. It's just been a disaster for him. Um, both these teams have a lot of additions that have come into the fray over the last year and a half. But, uh, you know, they, they've both gelled really well together quickly. And I, I look forward to this series going seven. But, again, I think that minus 275 on Bovada is very, very enticing to me as a uh, as a Buck supporter, I would say, um, especially getting those two games at home. Like, we are prisoners of the of what have you done for me lately so often, and I just think that we forget how quickly the Bucks were looking like a team that was likely to sweep the Raptors after two. So I think that that's uh, it's going to be interesting, but I'm feeling feeling the Bucks here. And yeah, I mean it's hard, it's hard to argue. I mean you you mentioned the minus nineteen for Giannis. I mean, there are other there are other two top guys minus twelve, minus seventeen. Oh. I mean it's just uh, it's it's yeah. ugly with those guys on. It's bad, dude. It's it's real bad. I mean, that that was that was ugly. They, and you know, even game one, I think you could argue they could have lost that. So I'm starting to talk myself out of <laughs> that bet, but I'm I'm still feeling <laughs> the bucks. I think that they're gonna do it. Um, but let's move over. Speaking of Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers are currently third in their division, the NL Central. They need to be better. Uh, actually, they're second now to the Cubs. Two games back of the Cubs, 29 and 18. The Brewers are uh, 29 and 29 to 22 is their record. So what are your thoughts? I'm going to talk about the NL Central specifically to start here. So the, on Bovada, they've got the Cubs at plus 125, Brewers at plus 210, Cardinals plus 460. They're several games back. Pirates plus 500. The Reds deep back plus 2,800 after they've, they've heated up after a pretty slow start. What do you think in the NL Central? I would be hammering Bovada and that plus 210 for Milwaukee. Uh, we've talked about this team. You and I have been huge fans of them for for years and just kept, keep saying they're going to overtake the Cubs. And I think, uh, you know, I stand by the fact I still think it's this, this year. I'm not changing that prediction. Start of the year, I said it was going to be theirs. Uh, and, you know, Christian Yelich is just on an absolute MVP type tear. I feel like every time I, I open an MLB app or, or get my morning email from mlb.com it's just christian yelich it's another well, he's been so, hurt he's been uh, hurt that's the only issue that i have with that but you're right i mean overall they, it does feel like he has been the most important player in this nl including cody bellinger who's had the best stats so yeah i mean i'm with you could it could we see back-to-back mvps if he can stay healthy oh absolutely i mean from a number standpoint sure i know it's it's pretty rare just for somebody to get awarded multiple times and especially because their expectations are higher this year as compared to last year a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think that hurts a little bit in the MVP race, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I think it's just how it, it ends up looking. Um, when your expectations are that high and you're expected to play that well, sometimes you get lost in the fray a little bit. Uh, I mean, you see that, uh, you know, Mike Trout's a, a mm-hmm. great example of just, he gets forgotten about even though, um, he could retire today and be yep, all famous. Absolutely agree with you. you, you there's definitely bias. We, we talk about it with James Harden. I mean, you know, LeBron every year. Like, it's there is bias against the known quantity. Even if, like, you you follow up your MVP season with a better season, a lot of times that happens. But Cody Bellinger has been just incredible for the LA Dodgers. I want to switch gears from the NL Central to the AL Central. 
and our buddies over yes. and our buddies over at Bovada have your boys, the Cleveland Indians, plus two hundred. I never thought I'd see the day. They were by far the favorites in this division coming into the season. Bovada's also got the Minnesota Twins at minus two eighty. My unfortunately, my Chicago White Sox plus nine thousand. Tigers plus fifteen thousand. Royals plus fifty thousand. My God. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? Let's uh, let's let's have a little therapy session here for your Indians. Yeah, I, I need it, man. I need you to talk me off the ledge here a little bit. This team is is frustrating. I think it's the best word I can describe with it. it. We continue to get pretty good pitching performances and just cannot put runs on the board. Um, and it's just it's guys that you expect to be putting up numbers and jose ramirez just continues to struggle uh at least as of last night uh, he still wasn't even uh, hitting over 200 oh. i mean this this is just a rough rough thing to watch um and and you know with francisco lindor finally healthy i mean he's contributing he's hitting i believe 350 over his past month uh or since he's been back so um a couple weeks since he's been back like he's on an absolute tear but but no one else seems to be producing uh, obviously, letting Carlos Gonzalez go, Tito coming out and saying that he wants to see what the young guys can do, which I don't have a problem with. And anybody who's listened to this show for a while knows I've I've been very pro letting some of these younger guys. A big Luplo guy, Jake Bowers. We've talked about. We've both been big high on yes. him. Huge fan. And seeing what he, yeah, and seeing what they can do. So I mean, I, I 100% agree with that strategy. They've been hitting pretty well. Uh, you know, some of the higher lineup or averages in our lineup. Uh, and, and just some of the other guys who you expect to produce not doing so. So, I mean, I think it'll turn around. I, I just think this team is too talented to continue doing what they're doing. Uh, I, I mean, also, and, and this is a weird, you know, they're professional baseball players. How do you blame it on this? But, I mean, the weather has been atrocious in Cleveland uh, ever since the season started. And it's just been constantly cold and raining. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of that to, that plays into this. And, and you'll see them start to heat up once the weather gets warmer. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is pretty notorious uh, for pitching significantly better once it warms up. So, you know, I think it's there. Uh, Clevenger is pretty close to coming back. Uh, you'll get him back uh, now, you know, getting uh, Beaver and Pluko, you know, able to, to finally pitch again, uh, not having to get so many starts from guys like Jeffrey Rodriguez. So uh, you know, it's coming along. Um, and I think it is going to turn around, but I don't know if that's me just rationalizing or or if that's a legitimate opinion so i'll defer to you on, on what your objective yeah, i mean i feel like you, you talked yourself back off the ledge there buddy i, I mean i, I think that's a good <laughs> i did a, a little sign. bit i know they're seven games back right now but they're still over 500 this twins team is just i'm going to take the other side of it the twins are playing way above their heads jorge Pol, you look look at their lineup i mean jorge polanco's 372 batting average of balls in play that's absurd that's coming down mitch garver 340 batting average of balls in play. Buxton, 327. That's actually about right for his speed. But, you know, the rest of them, it's just, it's not going to last like that. They're they're getting way too much out of certain players that I just, I'm not expecting, you know, them to keep this up. And then on the pitching side, I mean, Jose Barrios, obviously, absolutely awesome, phenomenal talent, but young and, you know, he's he is likely to keep up what he's doing. I'm not as worried about him, but Jake Odorizzi, 2.38 ERA, his XFIP, which is basically what he should be, what his ERA should be if you account for like a normal fly ball rate, is 4.56. So he should be at a 4.56. His ERA is 2.38. Think about that. There's That's absurd. That should not happen. Um, you know, Martin Perez, same kind of thing. 2.89 ERA, 4.16 XFIP. Like that, 
those numbers are going to skyrocket for those two guys. Um, and I mean, if, even if they don't skyrocket, they're going to level off. And then if I look at their bullpen, like there's just not that much there that really impresses me. I think about the the Indians, and I mean, the, I think this number from Bovada is just absolutely on point in, in terms of a value play. And I, in fact, I'm planning on betting it today. Plus 200 is an absolute bargain. Um, and I think that. You know, you look at this pitching staff, as you said, the way that they're going to get better and better. First of all, Shane Bieber, what a revelation he's been. And it seems totally legitimized by the fact that his ERA and XFIP totally line up. Carlos Carrasco, 4.30 ERA, his XFIP is 3.26. So you're saying his ERA should come down by a full run based on how he's done. And you, you already mentioned he should get better over the course of the season. Trevor Bauer is a problem right now, I think. I know that that's someone that you probably assume will get back to normal, but he has been bad. Like, his his walk rate this year is absurd. His home runs given up is, are bad, and he's you know his, he's actually gotten good luck as far as batting average of balls in play. So that would be my concern, but you bring back Clevenger. You hope to bring back Kluber in a few months, and, um, you know, you just trust what they've got going with Francona. And then I just want to talk about Jose Ramirez for a second because I know that a lot of Tribe fans are down on him. There's a new stat that judges, not new, I guess, but, you know, as you know from coaching uh, young men that, you know, we have this ability to gauge quality of contact now with the cameras we have at the major league level. Jose Ramirez's quality of of contact implies that he should be, like, 33% better than he currently is. So, basically, he's just getting really unlucky. And I know that some of that has to be, can't just be explained away by bad luck, but I'm telling you right now that Jose Ramirez... He has the 11th biggest difference in what his on-base percentage should be, on-base average should be, versus what it is. And so I'm just, I'm telling you right now, if you, in your fantasy leagues, if you can go pick up Jose Ramirez somehow, that's the dude, man. He is going to, Scott, he is going to be a huge factor down the stretch, and he is going to get real hot. So for you, buddy, I'm telling you, he is going to, this this team is going to be just fine, and I think that plus 200 is a great number from Bovada. Yeah, just from the naked eye test on Jose Ramirez, he's hitting a lot of balls hard. It's kind of hitting it at mm-hmm. people a little bit. So, you know, always good for your friendly reminder that there, as much as, you know, we love uh, being old school baseball guys, guys sometimes, uh, just have to just have to watch it, and there's probably a stat that explains it. And Hopefully I just did it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not concerned um, about those two teams, and that's been – little central preview on both sides we'll over the course of the summer go through more of the futures and uh, get a feel for you know what value plays are but they usually you know if the value on a future isn't as high as you would think I mean for a normal team being seven back you would think it should be way way higher but because you know the the sources that create these for Bovada and other sites I mean they they know that this Indians team is I mean more or less they're due and they're going to be they're going to be good and, and the twins are on the other side and due for some negative regression so i'm feeling good for you buddy um Ooh, i pre- appreciate that this was a good call <laughs> therapy who knows maybe <laughs> I, I maybe i'll put the custom people out of <laughs> maybe i'll put the on shoot curse and pick them to win the world series again no I, I don't see that happening this year but um all right it's i think it's about time for oh by the way is what you got for me today dan um, well, uh, uh, one of my favorite former Indians of all time. Did you see this story, Rajay Davis, uh, with the I Mets? Did not, I did not see that. Okay, so he, this is just, uh, just talk about the world's most dysfunctional franchise. Um, he got lost at City Field, 
his first day, he got called up from AAA. No one was there to like greet him or show him where to go. He got lost inside City Field, didn't know where to go. Um, and, and then he, he got there in the third, got lost, finally gets to the dugout. Uh, Mickey Calloway didn't even know he was there until the fifth oh inning. Uh, comes in, and then he homers in the eighth <laughs> last night. Just a, a wild wow. story of just how your manager doesn't know that you got caught. How does a major league manager not know that somebody is currently on his on his 25-man roster? It's just the most I like Mickey too. unbelievable, like, just, sorry, Mickey, you missed that email. Like, I don't know how this happened. Yeah, that went straight to spam. Poor guy. That's a, that's a tough one for Mickey. I, I really like Mickey Calloway, and I, I hope good things happen for them. But that Mets thing, and really all of New York sports right now, are such a mess. But Except for the Yankees, who continue to play well, even though they got 8,000 people hurt. I know. I'm, I'm feeling like we may have missed that one this year, buddy. Um, but, uh, all right, so my, oh, by the way, to bring us home is Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the Bucks, who we talked about, is – all right, so I don't know if you, I'm sure you watched that game, but Drake is on the sidelines just massaging Nick Nurse's shoulders. Drake is basically their de facto mascot at this point for Toronto, and Budenholzer's just sitting there like, what the hell is this? I mean, what, what kind of precedent are we setting? <laughs> I mean, it's almost, you know, I don't know if it's dangerous, but it's just wild. I personally think it's kind of funny. Like, if it was anyone but Drake, I think it's hilarious. Like, if Aaron Rodgers was stalking the sidelines and giving Budenholzer ideas – I would love that, but you know I can't blame him, blame Budenholzer for this, and I just think that it's a really odd situation. And you know you can't just have fans milling about on the court, right? Like I mean, I know that we've got courtside seats, and that's all cool and, and really an interesting part of the NBA. But I feel like this is this is absurd. I mean, this is like some student section amateur BS. You know, what what are your do you have any thoughts on the Drake massaging Nick Nurse situation? <laughs> Uh, well, as as Ari Gold once famously said, I paid five grand for these seats. I'll launch a three if I want to. <laughs> and you, of course, you paid with I the mean, entourage finish. That's great. The the NBA is the NBA has always been like this. So it's part of the appeal of fans can sit just that close. It's the only sport where you you literally can sit there and reach out and touch somebody. I mean, if you think of just how strict the NFL MLB is, like you set one foot anywhere near a player and the ML and they'll t- kick oh, out of a yeah. ballpark, right? NFL security will tackle you in two seconds. <laughs> but this is, this has always been kind of the thing that the NBA is as part of the appeal and why those seats are just so astronomically expensive is, you know, guys are literally sitting there and, and sweating on it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic and, but it's one that's, it's always been there. I mean, think of, even going back to the days of Spike Lee and the oh, New York yeah. Knicks, I mean, he's out there. He's essentially at a clip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this this isn't anything new for the NBA. I think it's just always been part of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it, I, I don't necessarily think it's it's wrong or right. It's just it's just so much different than ever. Right. I think it's just absurd. Like, I'm not saying that negatively or positively. It's just it's just crazy that this is even a thing. And I mean, Again, if it wasn't Drake, if it was somebody else, I I think it'd be endearing. But because I don't necessarily care for him, I I don't love it. But you know, you're right. It's I'm probably being an old man yelling at a cloud right here. I, I think that it's it's <laughs> good. It's it's all good. Like it, as long as he's not literally impacting the game. I and the thing is, if he's like one of the complaints that Budenholzer had was that he was like talking to the refs and all that. I mean, 
the reality is if he if he does too much of that and he's too much of a distraction, he's going to get booted. And just imagine the response if he does. I feel like he was kind of going for that at one point, but um, you know, yeah. I mean, as long as everyone's safe, I'm I'm good with it. Drake just trying to pump up the team by getting kicked out, like he's some baseball manager looking at his bench coach going like hey you got this (laughs) exactly exactly all right well sorry for the awkwardness in general which is pretty much my mo but i think we got through this okay uh so unless you have anything else buddy for dan bauer this has been anchikana and the leftovers